quick little apology for Ash's audio on this one. It is listenable, or else I wouldn't be sending out this podcast all years, but we are aware of the issue and apologize. I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of order. And name the system. Loki religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blast. We're coming up on Alderaan. You may fire when ready. Welcome to Alderaan Explosions Explosion Network's official countdown to Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. It's 49 days until release. My name is Dylan Blight, and joining me, my Padawans, Ashley Hobley. Hey, John. Excited to be here to talk about a new hope. Slightly. And Kieran Marchant. Wait, we're talking about a new hope? Can't we talk about the new Star Wars trailer? Damn right, we will be. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, so this this episode, we are going to be discussing a new hope because that is, of course, the movie we're up to watching. But let's be honest, the Star Wars, the final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker dropped last week. So we're going to spend most of this episode... Uh, discussing that, uh, let's be real. And we're going to be discussing it via, you can play along at home. Um, instead of like writing a heap of notes for it, I just wrote an article on the website called The Rise of Skywalker Final Trailer Breakdown. And um, that's just what we're going to use to go <laughs> to go over the trailer as the jumping off point. So you can literally- How many words was uh, it? 1,550 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, did you Which call is- that bunny gents? Yeah, so we record. We're recording yeah. our reacts, and then Ash is like, "Oh, can't see you later." When you've wrote like one thousand five hundred words about the trailer, I'm like, "Haha, very funny." And then like later, I'm like, I'm looking at the thing I'm writing, and it says like one thousand five hundred and fifty or whatever. I'm like, "Fuck, he was right." <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you got me yeah. wrong. Um, all right, so let's before jumping into the whole breakdown part of it. Um, start of Ash, what? Are your overall thoughts and feelings on this, the final trailer for not only this current uh, trilogy of films, but also the saga as a whole? Uh, I thought it was really, really, really good. Uh, We still have no idea what the plot of this upcoming movie, which I'm fine with. Um, It might be the best looking Star Wars movie we've gotten so far. Like Some of the imagery in this is freaking fantastic. Um, So... I am super duper keen, and uh, I mean, are they dropping it up? When's that art book dropping? Twentieth, the day of re- no, the day after release. Day after? Okay, yeah, good to know. Yeah. Uh, Kieran, how do you feel about it? I'm pretty excited. I I've only just watched it literally ten minutes before we started recording because you know I've got a life and I have had to run around <laughs> and do stuff all day. It's fine. Uh, um, but the first thing I said, and Dylan was here with me, was just. Like, this movie's going to look really good. Like, there were so many just single screenshots that I saw throughout it, and even flicking through the article Dylan's put together that are breathtaking and I cannot wait to see on a cinema screen. I can't wait to whenever the freaking 4K Blu-ray comes out where I can take it home and look at it on my TV. I'm, I think it, this, you know, we, we all said that The Last Jedi was one of the best-looking Star Wars movie, and this movie seems to do better than that. So I'm really excited for it. I really like the plot point. Well, well, not plot points, but the story beats that it seems to portray throughout the movie. Um, I think a lot of uh, Raylo fans will be happy because there seem to be a lot of, you know, Kylo and, and Ray kind of hinting of their relationship and connection continuing. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's a fantastic. Actually, also the sound design 
was amazing on this trailer. Like the music itself was really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I thought overall it was just a really fantastic trailer. I, it's interesting it's an interesting trailer I think cuz as Ash pointed out, it really doesn't give away anything about the plot. It honestly it plays out like a longer teaser trailer if mm-hmm. anything. You know, it's still just like here's a shot of a thing and a thing. Um, at this point, we've seen so much of the the Death Star and stuff that we you can kind of gather that they're going there, obviously for a reason and whatever else. And you gather that there's going to be these huge battles and Palpatine and whatever else. But the tra- the trailer just gives you nothing really to set up in the direction the movie is going to go. And I suppose previous Star Wars trailers are very vague as well. But it's just it's like rare for. A, Obviously, movies they they can get away with it because it's such a big famous thing that they don't need to like give away heaps of the plot in the trailer to get people to go see it, you know. But it's like still so rare to watch a trailer, and this is the other thing point. People get so worried. Oh, I don't want to watch trailers, spoilers. I've never had a Star Wars trailer spoil a movie, and this is the the last trailer for the Rise of Skywalker. As far as I'm concerned, it hasn't spoiled anything either. And usually I wouldn't be surprised if I watched this trailer after watching the movie and then I get to do the whole, like, that shot wasn't in it, that shot wasn't in it, that scene wasn't even in it. They used that scene and used a different angle, you know, like all this stuff that they've done previously. So that's always an interesting part of it. Um, yeah, it looks beautiful. John Williams' music and stuff was great in it. Um, lots to go over, which is what we're going to do now. So. An instinct. A feeling. The force brought us together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. Uh, the trailer opens with the relaxing noises of what I'm going to be assuming is the forest moon of Endor until I've seen the movie and it's proven otherwise. So this is the first thing I want to point out. Forest, green, and when we did the reacts video with Ash, I was like, I can't, like, the trailer opens, Lucasfilm, you know, black screen, and you just hear this, like, the, the forest sounds and whatever. I'm like, it just sounds like Endor. And then Ash, you know, rightfully kind of points out that that could be sounds of any forest, really. But I'm like, yeah, but it just sounds like what I in my mind goes Endor. You I think know? a lot of the imagery of this trailer would lend itself to the fact that it's Endor. It just kind of makes sense. The, the other place it could be would be Yavin 4. They could be returning there as like a throwback. Let's return to the original OG Rebel base for you know, whatever reason, I guess. But I'm like, eh, I'd rather see Endor. I, I want Ewoks. I really want a fucking Ewok in this movie. <laughs> at this I point. mean, I tell you what, if there's Ewoks in this movie, I'm going to be excited just to hear the pops from the audience <laughs> when they show up. I, it would be, be such a, it'd be no, so good. The thing is, if there's Ewoks in this movie, we're going to get Ewoks and Porgs interacting with each other. Uh, no, maybe. There's no Pogs in this movie, so you don't have to worry. There's no Pogs in this damn trailer. But they're on, this, they're on the Millennium Falcon, though. Are yeah, they, though? Well, I don't know if they are. I haven't finished you know, that Chewie got, It's been a few years. Chewie gets snacky. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still reading this... Um, oh, what is the book called? Um, 
jeez, oh, oh, I can't remember. Um, whatever book I'm reading currently, the young adult Star Wars one that they've put out for the the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker, and in that there's like heaps of porgs. Like they name the porgs in this book, which I'm reading it via the Kindle app, and it's the first novel I'm reading like on my phone uh, through the Kindle app, which made me go, I just want to buy a Kindle now because this was way easier. Kindle's so much but, better. It's so much way, so, to hold. Just just quick side note because I thought this information was so good and so interesting that I need to put it out there. This book wasn't out in Australia when I wanted to read it. It was out of other places. I wanted to find out why. I went on Twitter. I found the author. Someone else asked this question. They legit said the reasoning is is because it was printed in America and all those related countries, and then it takes longer for it to get to European countries, Australia and whatever, because they literally have to change all the times colors spelt and all these other words where we use uh, use uh, use and shit. I was like, that sounds like that's a legit thing. Anyway, Kindle solved that problem. I'll just read them write the word colors like incorrectly my mind can handle it anyway they got all the porgs in that book um they named them all i get to highlight that through the kindle app so i got that saved for my memory later but th- they've currently like crashed on this planet and the p- the porgs just like started wandering around the planet i'm like oh are we going to end this book with the porgs just be left on this planet and that's going to explain how come they're not in the the movie later because the boy golly no that's not what i want i want the porgs <laughs> What the damn porgs in the movie? Um, but yeah, so uh, Forest Moon of Endor, maybe we'll see. Uh, Ray is seen running down the forest and drops a helmet on the way past the camera. You can see a seeker droid flying past as well. Uh, as well, so Ray is doing some training exercises here. This matches up to the scene in the previous trailer where we see Ray throw her lightsaber through a tree. So to me, it's pretty obvious at the start of this that she's doing some sort of training exercise. That's like why she had the helmet on. Uh, you know, very much like Luke, A New Hope, like we're going to talk about this episode. Um, you can see the Seeker droid, the same one, you know, same sort of thing that Luke uses to practice his lightsaber technique um, on the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope. You can see that in the top left-hand side of the, uh, of the screen, fly past it um, in the first shot of the trailer. So that's what's going on here. She is doing training. Um, you can see the same Seeker droid in that last trailer where Leia's there as well and she throws the lightsaber which I still reckon is she's throwing the lightsaber out of fit of rage like she failed the she failed the like the seeker droid like hitting all the bolts or something like that and then in a fit of rage she like kind of just chucked her lightsaber at the seeker droid and then just took down tree so that's what I think is happening there um as Ray jumps across a gap, it transitions to her landing on the scraps of some ship. Best guess it could be the inside of the Death Star 2, but it could be something else as well. I think more than likely it's obviously the Death Star here since that's... Judging from is- the rest of this trailer, yeah. I would I would say, yeah, it's definitely the Death Star. Yeah. I like don't know. It's, it's a bit but- too dry is the only thing. Yeah, yeah but... Like, well, what? Like, it's a big-ass ship. Like, I know it's sunken, but it's like, even if you go in from the bottom, it's you know what I mean? Like once you get inside, the top area is not going to be wet. Like it's enclosed from the inside. I don't know. You know, like it's not going to be waves yeah. crashing everywhere. It's Isn't a huge that, like, object. Sunlight coming from lighting the scene, like lighting the whole thing. So. Yeah, but maybe the thunder, the the rain and stuff that we see later is gone Just at this point. About, like you the, know, the water on the ocean. I guess. Um. Finn is looking through some binoculars next with a desert landscape in the background, so it's most likely him spying something on Pasana, the new planet we've seen several times now. Um, there is another like theory that I've seen after I've wrote this, since I've wrote this article, where people are theorizing that the Death Star um, could actually have been crash landed on the planet Pasana. That's why they're actually there. Pasana is the planet we see in the last trailer where you see them overlooking like this huge like. Um, uh, what, Burning, Burning Man. Man thing, yeah. That's um, 
the point of reference for that. Yeah, so some people have like kind of saying that maybe for once in Star Wars's time, we're going to have a planet that's not like like we see that stuff on Persona where it looks like Burning Man and that's obviously a desert section. But then people are saying like, just because we're seeing it's deserty there doesn't mean that like the Death Star's crashed in a certain section and now that whole section is like water section. You know what I mean? Like it's There's like it, different it, terrains on this yes, one planet. Yes. And crazy not just one, notion. Yeah, crazy notion, right? So, um, and that, that, would, that would make sense, I guess, because like if, if, if Ray's out going out to Death Star... Um, by herself, which you, it appears she is doing later in the trailer, and I'll point that out. And then this shot could be potentially uh, Finn, like with binoculars out watching her go across. You know what I mean? So, like, it does line up, but I'm still kind of saying, I'm still hoping that Death Star is on one of the moons of Endor or Endor itself, since we've never actually seen it. Um, and Pisano is its own separate planet but they i'm not against these people's theory of lining up the, the planets and whatever else um the next shot returns to ray running across the forest section again as finn is heard in the voiceover describing the force and how it brought them together i don't know who he would be speaking to here like he sounds very like like in with the force you know like he sounds very confident in like he, um, believing in the force can i like the last couple of trailers i don't i think it's just star wars lately the voice odors for these trailers are freaking awesome. Like, there's just something about the way they're doing the voiceovers that gives me chills. It's because it's, it's no one, like, having conversations or talking. They just cut out, like, metaphorical lines and put yeah. them over the trailers. <laughs> That's literally all they are. <laughs> you know? It's like, who are they talking to? Like, you never know what the context for any of these this stuff is, but it always just I sounds cool. I think it's ADR footage. They brought him in. This, these, with these are the lines we want to use in the trailer. Can you deliver these lines this way? It's very possible. It's very, very possible. Or at least like some of them, if not all of them. Yeah. Um, in the next shot, we can see that the resistance has grown substantially since we last saw them nearly destroyed in The Last Jedi, with Poe's VO describing how people are willing to follow them, they just have to lead them. You can spot Lando in the inner circle here, sporting his Solo-inspired costume, as well as Snap Wexley, played by Gren Greg, Grun Greg Grunberg, returning after not appearing in The Last Jedi. It looks like Poe is giving a speech as everyone looks toward him off in the distance. Um, also worth pointing out here that I didn't write there is that Leia doesn't appear to be in this at all here, which, you know, obviously the, the, the Leia stuff that they're working with is playing around what footage they had shot. Um, so I'm still going to say that, like, even though they're not going to kill off Leia in this movie, it still appears that possibly Poe's, like, promoted to general or something. It could be, but also Maybe. the fact that Leia is the easiest person for them to delete from these scenes. Because... Um, yeah, well, it's it's also worth... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also the other thing of layers. They've said they've got a fair bit of layer in this movie, but once again, the only shot we see of her in this whole trailer is the shot we've seen three times over. The one of her hugging Ray, which is... One of her hugging Ray. From pretty Force much Wagons. just... Could just be that shot of her hugging Ray in the Force Awakens. It is that shot. It's an alternate take that they've then digitally put somewhere else. They've admitted it. Yeah, it's not the exact shot. It is an alternate take, so there is subtle difference. <laughs> well, this time, uh, Ray cries. Yeah, no, no. Ray, Ray's footage. Daisy Ridley shot like new stuff, oh. and then they digitally put it into Carrie Fisher. So they, old. That's footage. not the back of Carrie Fisher's head. No. Got him. 
Corridor Digital have to solve this one. <laughs> yep, we'll have to make them ruin this movie for us. Yeah, yeah make them CG ruin this that. Write the CG um, in that. Uh, there also, I um, was waiting to see if people on the internet get, got mad because there's you can also see in this shot here, there's a Mon Calamari there, and then there's all those, uh, you know, hardcore fanboys that get all shitty that Admiral Ak- Akbar didn't get like a giant funeral in the last movie. And they're like, oh, they've replaced him already. Uh, but th- they've kind of set up a different, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they've been setting up a different Mon Calamari in the comics at the moment, kind of leading to him that possibly being that character. Um, and then I'm really happy that Snap's, Snap is back because I have a big attachment to Snap as a character because he's in all of the Poe Dameron comics. He was in all of the Aftermath books and then he wasn't in The Last Jedi. And that's my probably one of my biggest problems with that movie is I'm like, they got rid of fucking Snap Wexley and then JJ's back. He's like, my boy comes with me. Greg Grunberg goes wherever <laughs> I go. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. I will say, even just looking at this screenshot, it, it these screenshots make me really happy because it makes me feel like there is some continuation from the past movies. Like, sometimes it can be really hard to make a newer movie look like an older movie look like they're connected in some way. Like, this screenshot looks like it could have been just taken directly from um, Return of the Jedi. Like, it, it looks like it is capable of being part of that world still. Sometimes you look at the screenshots and yeah. you're like, this doesn't look like it's the same. Like, there's too much that's I, changed. I definitely feel like there's an art form. I was talking about this randomly the other day, actually. I think there's an art form to Star Wars movies because obviously when they made the original in 77, which we're going to talk about <laughs> at the end of this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, when they made A New Hope in 77 or just Star Wars as it was called at that time, obviously all the technology was very like, you know... It's like you got the bloops and the blops and the the tracking systems like look kind of dodgy. And then uh, they've kept that for all Star Wars movies, like certain style and even just structurally, like the way that machines look and whatever else. Like it was all from a certain time. And it's I I think there's an art form how they've managed to keep that like kind of seventies in- mm-hmm. futuristic inspired look, yet managed to like obviously make it look newer. Like. It's it's definitely an art form. It's like a projection yeah, design meeting visual fidelity. Because that was one of the other, the things that always bugged me about the prequels is that it was hard for my brain to conceive that the technology that they used in the prequels is inferior technology in theory to what they use later on. Even though it looks it looks like more like it looks better. Like it looks like it's more technical technologically able. If that yeah. makes sense, I, don't I think a lot of that they just get around. Like, why aren't people using this from the pre- like the prequel films anymore and stuff? And they like an easy just answer for a lot of that is like, oh, the emperor like banned them all, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, emperor banned, emperor banned cell phones. Nice. Yeah, it's just nice to have that con- con- continuity going through this because it would have been really easy for them to, you know, somebody at Disney just be like, no, no, no. In the time since the you know Return of the Jedi. There's been all these technological improvements and everything has like gone really far where it doesn't feel that way watching the movies, which is really nice. No. Um, or it's like, it's one of those things like where they could actually have a planet in Star Wars appear. Like that's because it's, you know, giant galaxies. Like one planet could be like a lot technologically more advanced than another mm-hmm. planet. And that's kind of what they have set up in other extended universe material and stuff. It's like you got the really rich planets with like high tech and whatever. And then you've got like planets where people are literally like cavemen. Um, 
and that sort of thing. Like that that Captain Phasma book, which was uh, really good, that came out prior to the Last Jedi. They explained how Phasma got to the, the First Order and stuff, and she lived on a planet where she she and her people just were basically living like cave people, like. She was fighting other clans with like stick weapons and shit. And then literally a first order ship lands down there and they're all like, what the fuck is this? Like they don't even know what a gun is. At yeah. that, like this is what th- that whole planet was. So yeah, it's like a big divide between stuff. Um, and the last thing I'll point out for this shot, and this will come up several times, obviously through the trailer, but it's like, it's the, especially when me and Ash did the reacts, like the, my first reaction to this shot was like, wow, look at all the people that are here, especially cause the last Jedi, you obviously see the resistance just dwindled down to what's basically remaining on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Leia tries to send out that help single. Obviously, at the end of that movie, she doesn't get any help. But then everything we're seeing in this trailer sees that, like, over the year, between that movie and this movie, they have definitely, like, picked up some numbers towards the Resistance once again. Uh, Rose Tico appears dirty and possibly amongst battle in the next shot with Dominic Monaghan in the background as a resistance fighter and Lieutenant Connix played by Billy Lord is next to him so uh, Dominic Monaghan pretty cool to see him in this movie I don't know how big his role is going to be but um, you know if you're a fan of him if you're a fan of I don't know what's his what what would his yeah I was about to say it's either Lord of the Rings or Lost yeah yeah, no it's Lord of the Rings or Lost yeah I always get my confused mind goes which, to Lost. I, my goes to Lord of the Rings. I always get yeah. confused at which, if it was Merry or Pippin in Lost, because, you know, they're just in my brain together forever. So, But it, no, it was Dominic. Um, yeah, Lost. it's him. Cause I, yeah, I was just thinking of Lost because spoilers for the episode where he dies and he holds up a sign against the, the window as he drowns. It's like one of my favorite like images from TV history. So whenever I see his face, I just think of that. Anyway, he's in this movie. Um, he's in this little shot in the background there next to uh, Connick's, the Senate Connick's, Billy Lord, of course, Carrie Fisher's daughter, um, and Rose. And it was good to see Rose in this, especially after all the backlash, of course, bet- in the last two years between Last Jedi and this movie, which forced her um, to close down, you know, Twitter, Instagram, I think, everything. Like she's basically had to escape all the fucking haters out there. So, um, we see that Poe's orange X Wing is returning for the final film, or at least another X Wing, I guess, or whatever, which is cool because I lo- absolutely love that orange X Wing. I've got the Lego for it. It's fucking great. Looks great. <laughs> love it. Um, quote People keep telling me they know me. No one does, says Ray as a close up of her face shows anger building, and the next shot reveals a soaked Kylo Ren approaching her atop the outskirts of the water sunken Death Star 2. He responds yeah, in yeah. VO with. But I do, mm-hmm. and looks calm as he approaches. Uh, yeah, he's a really wet, really, really wet boy in this shot. You know, this is wet some boy. like he's a very hashtag wet boy <laughs> <laughs> in more in more ways than one. You know, someone uh, re- remix a uh, bad guy and put wet boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a wet boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think the other thing interesting, because we've seen a lot of this so far, you know, like it's, it definitely feels like this uh, Death Star fight, like the Jedi fight and all of this stuff is the stuff we've seen the most of in promotional material. And I think as TV spots start rolling out, they'll continue to kind of push uh, snippets from this fight and stuff because it's like, I'm sure they've got, it's, I'm sure it's like a longish fight and they can push it out different angles and whatever else. Um, but I do find it interesting how like the kind of, semi-reverse from the last time we saw these two characters where uh ray is the one that has like anger it looks like she has anger across her face and kylo yeah. looks pretty freaking calm oh. and he d- also it, if you want to play count the helmet the game because the helmet thing is obviously something that's really interesting for this movie because we know that kylo gets his helmet back and not, not it's like refixed and it's got um 
the red stuff or whatever through it, which the is like a Japanese kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like well, it's um they confirmed yeah, it. Marketing it's, it's, it's it's like <laughs> JJ in a, JJ in an interview like a month ago or a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, like confirmed that it's like based on old like Japanese technique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which which was really quite interesting, considering I had literally heard someone on a Star Wars podcast I listened to um, mention that. You listen to another Star Wars podcast? How dare you, Dylan? <sighs> I know it's fucking. You just great. need it's... to re-listen to reruns of this instead. Just listen to myself, but I don't. Ha- I, I probably don't have as good. No, no, you listen to Ash and me, the real, you know, knowledgeable ones on Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> No, they, they the podcast is called Sky Talkers, and it's um done by. And now he's advertising. And, <laughs> and now you're promoing them. <laughs> yeah, what even is this? Yeah, they did a they did an entire episode on the whole masking. It was really wow. Awesome. Look at our numbers drop. <laughs> Oh, 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 I'm just getting them shut it. They talked about the mask thing. It was really cool when they talked about it. And then when There's JJ confirmed one. it was real, I was There's like, wow, imagine, Im- imagine like having a theory like that and then having it confirmed. Like such an Thanks. out there theory is like, this is based on a Japanese like samurai ma- mask. Well, out there theory of this being based on a thing in real life. Crazy. Yep. So crazy, so crazy. Shut up. L- lonely listener, thank you for staying with us and not, you know, abandoning us to that podcast. I don't know if you podcast. know this, but I'm pretty sure the uh, lightsabers are based on swords. <laughs> <laughs> crazy theory out there. Let's put it out there. I guarantee if we go back in time, Mr. Fucking Smartass, that you could not come up with that theory if you tried. <laughs> Maybe if I, like, studied some Japanese. Stuff if you like knew it. about the Japanese kind of strategy for it already, yeah. if you already had the knowledge, you'd be able to theorize it. But how do you theorize something that you don't know about, Dylan? Well, exactly. So well, look, all I'm going to say is it's, it's, <laughs> it's the, po- the podcast is hosted by two women, and n- now I'm just going to say that you're a sexist. And we'll move on from that. <laughs> nope. Okay, fair point. <laughs> Tried, no, tried, ooh, I yikes. tried to pimp. I tried to pimp a Star Wars podcast hosted by girls, and I got nothing but uh, <laughs> oh, uh, get out, nothing Dylan. but bullshit. I'm sure if it were, I'm sure if they were guys, it would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Uh, continuing, things start to get super interesting in the truck. So things start to get super interesting in the trailer now as we see a giant frozen ice base of some description with a lot of TIE fighters approaching it. To the left, you can see a city of some sort, but it looks like they are frozen objects below the city as well, which may play into a moment that's coming up in the trailer. Okay, so I don't know if this is like on an actual like planet or like if it's just floating somewhere. I don't. Yeah, I like to like, think it might like a meteor or something, like an asteroid or something. Yeah, honestly, I just thought it was this. I thought it was just this island on some water, and it was just a reflection. But looking at I mean, it, it, it is different be. under the surface. It is different under the surface. Like if you look on the left yeah, hand side of the bit. image, yeah. the the two things. Yeah, like this exact. was this was the shot that made me really excited for the cinematography in this movie. Like this, this when I first saw this shot, I was like, "Fuck, okay, I can't wait for this. This is gonna be awesome." Yeah, this is one among a couple of things that I'm like, "This Star Wars movie is going into some weird, te- weird territory," which I think is pretty bold considering it's the last movie. Like a lot, a lot of stuff we're seeing isn't like kind of play it safe Star Wars stuff. They're like, "Here's a giant eye thing," and then we're gonna have some fucking horses riding on spacecrafts later. So like, there's a lot of weird stuff that I would expect to see in like Star Wars Rebels happening <laughs> in, in, in this movie, I think. Uh, yeah, so a massive frame of spikes growing out from behind it is shown without anyone seated in it. 
Uh, Phil Sozak, the creative art manager at Lucasfilm, pointed out on Twitter that the design is very much taken from Ralph McQuarrie's first drawings of the Emperor's throne for the Return of the Jedi, which he posted, and then I linked in the article as well, and you can see that it is obviously... Um, returning to those original Ralph Macquarie designs, which makes perfect sense because JJ did some similar stuff for The Force Awakens and even for stuff like Rebels, which we talked about, they returned to original Ralph Macquarie designs for the lightsabers and Zeb was based on the original design for um, Wookiees. So like, ever, like it's so funny how someone's original artwork and designs for Star Wars, which weren't always used, but they were so striking that people years and years and years later making these movies, they're not coming up with new things. They're just going back to the original Inkwell, you know, back yeah. to the original Inkwell, back to Ralph Macquarie's original artwork, and then we're just going from there. Um, yeah, so that, that picture that's linked in here, that's the original drawing, and it was like Luke. It's so, That was supposed to be Luke meeting the Emperor there. Um, that's what that picture was representing. you got a little hooded person down below that was Luke and then obviously up in the chair was supposed to be the Emperor. Um it never ended up happening. Instead we got the 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 OG Emperor throne room thing, which will appear in just a moment, actually. So but either way the the throne also reminded me of like uh it triggered two things in my mind, which was A, Thanos thrown out in the middle of some random meteor floating through space type thing. And then also B it reminded me of um Game of Thrones throne. Just simply because it's like a big ass chair of like lots of stuff coming out of it, you know, like swords and stuff that we had for Game of Thrones. Um, interesting though, because it's, it's it's very like fantasy looking throne, not like space inside Death Star throne. It's very like fantasy like. Uh, we hear in VO Palpatine say, "Quote: Long have I waited, and now your coming together is your undoing." So I said to Ash, Jenna reacts that. Uh, I'm saying that this is him talking about Ray and Kylo coming together is going to be their undoing. But does anyone else have any? Well, I thought of- initially I thought your coming together is going to be your undoing was Ray and Kylo. But now when I was rereading it over while you were talking, it could also be just about the Rebel Alliance. Like it could just be about the Rebels themselves coming back together and growing to this strength. Could um, be. Like. It's it's back to that, you know, that when the power of the one side of the force grows, something emerges from the other side of the force to keep it in balance. So this light, you know, this force of good or quote unquote the light side of the force, this mass of like people coming together on that side has awakened the darkness that is the Emperor back up to kind of realign it and bring it back into balance. Um, the, well, the other thing I was just saying, I was like, it could be the first order coming together with the resistance, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that only because the, the other thing that's interesting about this trailer, when you like think back on it, is that all of the bad guy stuff we're seeing is all like Emperor, Palpatine, like Star Destroyers and whatever else. We don't see any first order shit at all. Do you believe, so this is just from this, so theory for the plot of this movie is that the uh threat or something awakening of the emperor is coming back and it starts with the first order and the rebels racing to get to whatever it is first to try and either destroy it if they're the rebels or reclaim it if they're the first order i don't know what 
that could be though. Like, I don't know because you see, uh, I, I think you have it later on in this. You see Ray looking up at see what seems to be the hood of the Emperor, yeah, but yeah. has a bunch of like machinery and stuff around him. There could be like some kind of you know uh, object of the dark side of the force that they're being pulled to or something that is in one of the emperor's previous towers or locations that they're both being drawn to that is hidden within this death star now um and that's why both uh ray and kylo are converging on the death star to see if they can claim it first i mean yeah possibly but i'm like i don't know i just I just feel like if the Emperor is like actually back back, like he's actually alive, then he would be like, fuck you to both sides. <laughs> like, you know, he's part, he, rule of two. Like, he, but be that like, could be, be the thing. That could be the thing where they both go to deal with it in their own way. But then Kylo realized, like the Emperor is like, no, I want nothing to do with either of you. Like, I want to fuck you rule. both up. Yeah, I'm yeah I want to... I want to destroy this completely. Like, I don't care about either of you. And I think that could be what brings the two together for Kylo and and Rey um, is that realization that the Emperor is just pure, pure darkness and pure evil. Hmm. The other thing I had watching this trailer when it comes to like the Palpatine uh, coming back and stuff is like, I'm not, as I've said before, I'm not against him coming back, like actually being alive. Because I, I don't know how they do that, but, like, I'm open to it. But at the same time, just because we we don't actually ever see him, you know? Like, we see what appears to be the side of him, obviously, at the end of the trailer and stuff. But I'm like, I don't... That doesn't mean I have to believe it's actually him back, you know? Like, it could be... They have set up before... They have already set up in... All the way back in The Force Awakens, like, um, Aftermath books through to the Star Wars Battlefront 2 game, like plot and all that sort of stuff they've had these robot palpatines that went into effect upon his death uh put into put into place a plan that was called operation cinder um and i guess this could be just the continuation like all these star destroyers out in the middle the, the unknown regions and then they've suddenly awoken and come back in i don't know um do you have any uh, thoughts on any of this <laughs> It's Snoke. It's Snoke? All right, yeah. Just want to feel the <laughs> internet oh, fanfire over there. Just bring that freaking Jesus hot Christ. steaming mess back up into the light, eh? Um, the first... Uh, Palpatine's master. Dark Plagueis. Uh, Plague, uh, yeah, Darth Plagueis. No, he killed him. Have you ever heard the tragedy of the tale of tragedy of Darth Plagueis? What? Uh, so while we while he's saying that, the, his uh quote long have i waited now and you're coming together as you're undoing while we see several different shots the first is of an empire era star destroyer breaking out of ice which could be why the shot before of the ice base looked like it was filled with objects so like and later in the trailer obviously you see there is a shit ton a shit ton of star destroyers a ridiculous amount um are they all just frozen in this ice object and then they're going to break out and then head off they've been frozen in there for you know 30 years or whatever um maybe <laughs> I don't know. Either way, it's 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 interesting to see a star destroyer just breaking out of ice or whatever's going on here. It's um odd. 
The next reveals a massive amount of resistance ship gathering with the Millennium Falcon in the lead. Twitter user at Admiral Nick 22 did a good breakdown of all of them on Twitter and noted there are new, new Moncal cruisers, Hammerhead Corvettes, a U-Wing and many others, but most interestingly, just off to the right of the Falcon appears to be the Ghost, the ship from Star Wars Rebels. At this stage, it could be flown by either, either Harrison Dula still or her and Kanan Jarrus' son, Jason Sundula, who would be an adult at this point. Um, much like I was saying to Ash when we did our reacts to the trailer, by the way, I've mentioned this a couple times. If you want to watch that, youtube.com slash Explosion Network. Um, in that, like, because obviously this, they put up this like 12 second teaser the morning before the trailer dropped and this footage was in it. And then my timeline, because I follow a lot of like Star Wars related people um, who are Rebels fans and stuff, especially from when it was airing and I was watching people, I was following his people who would write reviews and stuff. Obviously, all of a sudden I wake up, I check Twitter and it's just like all of those people are like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the rebel ship is in the trailer. What the, what's going on? Um, because no two ships in the Star Wars universe are exactly the same. Well, we've never seen another ship that looks like the ghost in generally uh, when Star Wars. somebody gives when they give somebody a quote unquote you know hero ship as they yeah call them or whatever yeah. in fucking um, Battlefront. Whenever there's, they're always generally unique ships. Like if yeah. they make a big deal about it, the ship, that it's that's their ship. That's it's unique. it's like the. I'm just you know, saying, the, who's manufacturing this? Because they're doing it. Clearly, they're taking too long. Maybe some people they need are to streamline. You know. Well, they usually always the system so all usually, the ships look the same. Well, they do, and they they usually explain how unique ships stand out in canon by saying that whoever owns them makes changes to them that makes them stand out. I.e., the Millennium Falcon being a YT freighter which han solo did heaps of modifications to so then if you saw another uh Krillian freighter you know it would it, it wasn't the millennium falcon because the millennium falcon had changes done to it the ghost i don't know the exact ship type off my head but it's also a ship that harrison doula okay. has yeah um that harrison doula <laughs> has done heaps of modifications to and like what well, has been a ship for quite some time so it's like you can explain why they look slightly different and stand out and remain, as Kira said, quote unquote, like hero ships. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's the, 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 I think, you know, 99.9% is the rebel ship. I'm going to say that with, that'll probably be all we see, much like how we see it in Rogue One, uh, just show up there. I would say that putting it in as an Easter egg just in this one fight and then like having fans like be like, oh, freak out, that to me just teases set up for that sequel rebels series like that ship's still out there they're like going to connect it they're going to be look the ship still exists at this point in time and then when they announce this the follow-up to the rebel series and they announce that um it's going to start jason sandula and whoever else and whatever else going out of missions trying to find ezra and whatever the hell's going on there then they're like we already know that the ship's still around in this point of time because obviously i highly doubt we'll see hera or anyone else that's going to be on, on on that ship as much as i would love to say that oh my god I would love to see that. <laughs> that would make me quite happy, but I just, I doubt it's going to happen. I'm very um, impressed uh, though. Come on. Uh, I'm sure Hera will pop out of the ship and then Ahsoka will come out after her. <laughs> Damn it, Ash, you beat me to it. <laughs> I was about to ask. Then, I was about to like, which one of these ships is Ahsoka's it, ship? It turns out the per the bad guy that we were just mentioning before, Ezra. Oh, long. Pete, oh shit. So when yep. uh, people had the, him after the events of the final episode of the rebels back back when rebels was originally airing back in season one because obviously like force awakens was right around the corner or, or just come out or whatever um everyone was straight away theorizing ezra snoke 
was the theory that like people were going for. Ezra Snoke, Ezra Snoke, Ezra Snoke. And um, it still could be true. <laughs> like, <laughs> it could still be true. Now, the, one, the other thing I was just going to note is that I thought it was interesting that you even have an Easter egg in this for a trailer for this. Because um, as, as I was saying, the, the, the reacts initially, it was like, in, in Han Solo, in the Solo movie, we've had extended universe materials. We've had freaking Darth Maul show up and stuff. You know, like deep cut for people who watch Clone Wars. And, well, not even deep cut, just a cut for people who watch Clone Wars and whatever else. Uh, Rogue One, they mention Hera's name over the PA. You see the ghost. You have tie-ins to lots of extent. But these, The Last Jedi and Force Awakens uh, have very been like, we're just our own films. We're not going to put Easter eggs in or any sort of connections. So I thought it was interesting that now on the last one, JJ or whoever is being more open to like, yeah, check some, check, yeah, whatever. Easter egg, ghost, yeah, sure. Keep the fans happy, do what you need to do. Like, but I only expected that in the, the spin-off material. Like when the Mandalorian drops, I expect lots of Easter eggs and callbacks and references to uh, Rebels and Clone Wars and whatever else simply because Dave Filoni is involved with that. And it's like, he, he, that's just kind of his, his bread and butter. So uh, anyway, re- I was really happy to see it. And the, obvious, the other thing that's really cool about this is there is just so many fucking ships here. Like as that uh, user, Admiral Nick 22 and writes the list of them, that we've not seen this many different types of good ships in one shot ever. Like it is literally all, all the ships from the prequel era. They're there. All the ships from the original trilogy era. They're there. All the ships that they introduced in the sequel trilogy. They're there. You've got everything covered. Like it's, they're just going all, all out. Um, we then see a group. We see a group moment from inside the cockpit of the Falcon with Rain Chewbacca flying. A few more seconds of Rain Kylo fighting atop of the Death Star two again, and then very quickly a shot of something exploding. I'm not sure what it is, but you can see the other thing in this frame is a Star Destroyer, which I assume is doing the blowing up. And this is in this instance. I don't want to assume it's a planet. I refuse to even think about it. Do not even fuck with me. I do not want fucking Star Destroyers suddenly being able to blow up planets. I'm over it. Don't do it. I'm just going to move on. The next, we see Ray driving a craft of some sort across the rocky waves towards Death Star 2 remains in the water. It seems she's alone in the craft here. So yeah, this is what I was saying before how like Finn could be back on the desert part and he's like watching her, I guess is what people are sort of theorizing here. But um, either way, it appears that she heads out to the Death Star by herself on this craft. Uh, you, can, you can't see anyone else bouncing around. Uh, of course, there could be another craft, but as far as this trailer shows you, it appears that she's heading out by herself um, on whatever that is. I have no idea. <clears throat> it's very rocky and uh, weathery as you head out to Death Star as well. The middle of the trailer slows things down for a moment so C-3PO can make you tear up a bit. We see Babu Frick, the recently revealed character that was described as, quote, a tiny droid smith working among the spice runners of Kajimi, doing some work on the back of 3PO's head with Ray looking awfully worried in the background. BB-8 and Dio looking worried as well for their droid companion. Poe then asks, quote, what are you doing there, 3PO, in a room filled with Ray Finn and Carrie Russell's character Zori Bliss? What appears to be a 2-1B medical droid can be seen over Finn's shoulder, and in the following shot over 3PO's right shoulder, you can see a B-1 battle droid. So this definitely would appear to be a droid workshop owned by um, Frick. Uh, 3PO then answers Poe with a heartfelt, quote, taking one last look's sir at my friends so whatever free pair is doing or being changed to do is most likely going to be fatal to him or wipe his memory uh 
I found this quite interesting, this whole scene, like in retrospect, because it's like the the one moment they choose to like slow down the trailer and give us an actual like non-edited scene from the movie is this. That's it. This is the only non-edited scene we've had from the whole movie. <laughs> this both, I don't know, part of me, if this is 3PO's, you know, death? end, <laughs> death, I will be disappointed that it was in the trailer. Like, I, I don't think he's I dying. Think, I don't think he's dying. I think this is a this is a swerve, but like, I think that would have robbed a really special moment that anybody, even if you hated C three PO, would tear up at if it was going into his death. Well, it's like if if other characters potentially die in this, like Poe and whoever else, which is possible. Who knows? Um, you know, in the long run, you'll look back and be like, oh, thank God they only teased 3PO's death, not Poe's and, you know, yeah. whoever else. Is. Yeah. Um, also, I think what's happening here, if I, like, the, I think the, the running theory from a lot of people, myself included, that I think makes the most sense is that if they're after something, like the Resistance is trying to track down something, especially like a really old, like Palpatine-related item, they, they might be having, so they might find Zori Bliss, which since Poe's standing close to her and we've heard rumors that um, those two have some sort of relationship um, and that she's like, you know, a neutral, she's not resistant. She's not first order. She's just like a fucking, I don't know, like a bounty hunter type character. And she she's looks Catwoman. I guess she, she has a cool fucking armor mm. though. Every time I see it, I'm like, I just, mm. um, th so they may find her and then maybe she's like, I can take you to someone to help out like a really good droid person. Cause what they may be wanting to do is not wipe 3PO, but revert him. So, you know, he gets his memory wiped at the end of episode three. So it's like... Oh, yeah. So they may be wanting to revert 3PO's form, uh, his memory state or whatever, to the version of 3PO that we had in the prequel films. And then that way they may be able to access data that he has hidden inside himself or something that he may not even be aware of that could relate to Anakin or someone along those lines. I think that would make sense. So then, cool. th then, then 3PO wouldn't be dead. He would simply get reverted and then he would be like, who he is, you know, which would be sad. Yes, it would be very sad, but it would also be like kind of like cool for him as a character. Like, cause it's 3PO who's in all movies, like a scaredy cat, you know, he doesn't want to do anything. He wants to stay, hide and do all this sort of stuff. He, it, in this scene, it appears he's willing and understanding what he's doing and the, like the, what he has to go through to, for the res I mean, resistance i mean that's a terrible fate having to remember what happened to the prequels yeah <laughs> <laughs> having to remember the time you spent on a battle droid's body yeah, yeah you would have to you would have to remember that yeah you remember all that yeah that sort of explains the shot of him with the red eyes as well i think that, yeah uh, so that could that could be him like just processing data or like you know, it's going through some reboot phase or something. Like, everyone's freaking out. Like, oh, it's evil version. It could just be him, his, like, processes going through something. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Because that shot's definitely from this scene. It's in the same place if you go back and look at it. So, um, and there, there's also another shot that Empire Magazine, I think, had in their, like, cover story of Zori Bliss holding what looked like a data card. Um, so, maybe she's, like, he put like she's holding something and then they're, like, going to put that in him to revert his memory or you know something along those lines but it, it seems to all sort of add up and i it, like honestly if that's what's going to happen I, I i like it i think it's cool like it's and as i said i'm i, I really want this movie to as jj said like it's it's a, it's the final of eight it's 
eight movies beforehand, not two movies beforehand, and then having 3PO revert back to prequel era and, like, acknowledge the prequel films a lot more in this movie. Like, they've got a fucking B1 battle droid behind, you know? Fucking prequel era battle droid behind. I think that's already, you know, pr- pretty cool. Like, I, I I want prequel stuff mentioned or uh, in this movie because it'll piss people off and that's funny. No, I, I just like, obviously, I like the prequels more than most, pe- <laughs> most yeah. people do. So I'm, I'm happy to get references and whatever else but I, I think that'll be cool for 3PO as a character as well cue the John Williams score next as the classic theme kicks in and we see Poe, Chewie and Finn running down the oh. corridor t- taking yeah, taking down Stormtroopers with ease followed by the Leia hugging Raymo we've seen a couple of times now quote confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi says Luke Skywalker in VO and we see BB-8 aboard the barrage on Pasana with Finn, Poe and C-3PO before we cut to a shot of Lando and Chewbacca flying together I didn't note in the article but I also thought it was really cool like it reminded me a lot of Force Awakens, like the chemistry between Poe and Finn. Like when that they're on the barrage and you see shit like blowing up, and you, see, you like Finn's like yeah, and you see Poe in the back, like background, like cheering him on too. Like just just reminded me of their uh, chemistry when they escaped the destroyer at the start of Force Awakens. You know, and they're blowing up mm-hmm. stuff, and they're like yeah, Poe, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it seems like they're like cheering for one another here, which we didn't get in the Last Jedi because they were all split apart. You know, they're all yeah. different places. So. Uh, we then see Jana leading the charge of Poe beside her and a few others. Uh, I wrote the wrong person's name here. Uh, we then see Jana leading the charge with Poe beside her and a few others uh, atop Orbax and moving their way along the top of a Star Destroyer. How they got there is a very good question, but horse-like creatures riding into battle on top of a spacecraft is awesome. So by when I wrote Poe, I meant Finn. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> I can spot one mistake. It's been... It's better than the worst. Um, yeah, so uh, th- this is kind of crazy to me. They, I don't know how high up in like like uh, the system or space or whatever they're, they're supposed to be here, but either way, like this is what I was saying before, this is like some crazy sort of stuff. It's like they're on top of a massive Star Destroyer, apparently yeah. charging in the battle on top of it, and then when they cut to the shot oh. further in this trailer, yeah, on fucking like horse creatures and BB-8's like charging along and stuff, and then you cut to the BB-8 shot looks after like this. He's ready to fuck shit up. Yeah. Like he yeah. is like, give me one of them walkers again because I'm gonna save the day. Yeah, he's gonna use that lighter real good. Maybe he does. Yeah. Either way, I'm like, oh my god, this trailer ends with some crazy stuff that's going. Um, next up, we see Ray facing down. Kylo ran inside the throne room of Death Star Two. Palpatine's throne is clearly in the background as well as the iconic window from the Return of the Jedi. This place looks like a wreck, but it's certainly not destroyed enough that Rey wouldn't be able to find whatever she's looking for there. It's worth noting that in this quick shot, Rey has her lightsaber ignited by her side while Kylo does not, and also doesn't have his helmet on. I'm kind of playing, I I keep trying to track when he has his helmet and doesn't have his helmet because I feel like that's important to like kind of play scenes. You know what I mean? When like, stuff's in the movie. Like, he's yeah. probably got his helmet on in the start of the movie, and then it probably gets removed and whatever. Maybe he doesn't. I, I'm, I'm now at the stage where I'm like, I feel like he won't have his helmet at the start for some weird reason, and he gets his helmet later? I don't know. That could be interesting. Or, like, he gets his helmet in the middle and then ends up chucking it, it off by the end again. Think, it would then make me think that all, like, a lot of this, like, Death Star stuff is all happening in the first half of the movie. Well, that's my... I, I have a running theory at this stage where I'm pretty locked in that the Death Star is, like, one of the first things in the movie. Like, not the yeah. first scene. I think the first scene is going to be rain training with Leia. I think that's mm-hmm. how the movie is going to start. And then I think this... They go to the Death Star, like, pretty... Act one, they go to the Death Star. And they she has that fight with uh, Kylo very early in the movie, and that's why they're quite happy to show so much of it, you know, because it's, like, first act stuff. 
Uh, either way, this this shot, I updated my uh, Facebook cover page for the first time in like three years because that shot of them standing in the uh, the the throne room there from the Death Star, that is that is my probably my favorite shot of the trailer for sure. I feel like just as like visually interesting and just cool and very Star Wars and you know whatever else. It's just it's also just like those two facing off is just what this trilogy. You know, this trilogy of movies about those is about those two characters, and I mean, potentially yeah. Palpatine. So <laughs> interesting again that Ray is the one holding a weapon and sort of looking angry, while Kylo's like not calm. Yeah, calm. I definitely, and fine. Yeah, and I think that kind of plays into obviously you know like we've uh, we don't see any of in this, but the the Disney Plus footage, which of course ends with Ray Sif Ray or whatever. I definitely feel like this movie is going to deal a lot with like Ray struggling to deal with her dark side you know i feel like that's what this and they, they can't go too hard on it because obviously they've, they've, they've revealed the runtime is like two hours 33 or something so they've got like they've got two and a half hours to to get this shit done but it's like you can dabble with her dealing with the dark side but you can't go too too ham on it too ham on it yeah which is why it's so weird that you're like for this movie especially there seems to be so much going on in this movie for the last movie in the of the trilogy it seems Almost like they're having to maybe, sadly, make up a lot of ground that wasn't covered during The Last Jedi to kind of make the story that J.J. Abrams is wanting to tell make sense. Yeah, possibly somewhat. But then it's also like 2 hours 33 is quite... That's a lot of time. (laughs) Yes. When you you run it down, it's quite long. Um, Finishing running across the top of the Death Star 2, cupping his hands and almost certainly yelling, Ray! It also appears that Janna is in the background of this. So I would say that if you kind of put the pieces together, it's like Ray comes across on the boat thing to Death Star. Finn is off in the distance or somewhere else. And then he sees Kylo come down, I guess. And then he chases in to try and like warn her. And then I, you presume that he's like running towards her or something and like, Ray! Or something, I don't know. But like, it's, if you watch the trailer, it's very obvious that he's yelling Ray. Like, I'm not a good lip reader, but <laughs> it's, it's definitely Ray. Uh, my personal pick for the most interesting moment is next as we see Kylo with mask on and Ray with both a lightsaber and dagger in hand destroy some sort of structure. If we slow it down, it does appear like the structure was holding up Vader's helmet, so this could be Kylo's new special place for his favorite object. You could take a guess that Ray actually deflects Kylo's blade and causes destruction, but if you look carefully in the final moments before it fades out, he isn't swinging back into action. If anything, it looks like he's about to remove his helmet. So yeah, this is probably the most intriguing moment, definitely the one I focused on right after watching the, the trailer, simply because it appears that the two of them are destroying um that Darth Vader's helmet you know which is obviously very representful of something if the two of them are doing that um and then also really interesting interestingly is the fact that Ray does have in her opposite hand to her lightsaber some rather big dagger object which obviously would be of some importance uh possibly if we're pulling it back to what was kind of talking about before if the two of them are after some sort of sith artifact or something like on a race to find it to to win the battle or something along those lines it's like is it this you know like because it's she's holding it like it's it's there it's a it's a thing what what could it be could could this so to screw to 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 rebut your idea that this is later in the movie possibly Mm. could this be earlier in the movie and that be some kind of sith artifact that they break which causes the emperor stuff to happen 
I mean, possibly. I mean, th- there's also that theory I liked, which I think I brought up before about like Palpatine actually just being inside Vader's helmet. Like that's where his energy was being kept, basically. And that, yeah. like, he he was talking to Kylo the entire time. So I don't know. Yeah. Like either way, like because this to me, I don't know. Something about like Ray's hair looks very um, well kept at this point, and kind of and normally in a movie the hair design kind of becomes wilder as the movie goes on in a lot of movies because shit happens to people and you know so i don't know i don't know yeah at, at first i also thought this was on bespin because in yeah, the right hand looking at looking the right hand corner but there, it's inside the the it, I, I thought it was a window looking outside but it, i think it's it's literally just a bunch of stuff that's in the corner and not like towers outside the window which is why i thought it was Bespin originally, but yeah, and also it's obviously a very white interior, which mm-hmm. is like Cloud City. There's no other places it wouldn't had- be. It wouldn't be the worst thing considering Lando might just still be on Cloud City. Uh, yeah, I mean it would make sense, but then it's like, what yeah. would they? They're just smashing Lando shit. It's not Vader's helmet. <laughs> <laughs> the, also, the other thing I was going to bring up for all of these shots with Kylo and Ray, I think there's they is a little bit of every time I talk about them in my mind, I'm like, how much of these shots I can trust? I don't know. Because, of course, after The Last Jedi, if they're going to continue the thing of them having this ability to do their Force connection thing, like, does that mean that every shot I see in this trailer of them, I can't actually trust they're in the same room? You know what I mean? I really hope that they got <laughs> Driver that wet just to fuck with us. Like... Maybe. That scene just doesn't show up anywhere in the movie, and he's just like, I got that drenched and that cold for nothing. For a trailer to fuck with you guys. I'm a real actor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see another angle of the Orback riding team now with a clear view of the Star Destroyer there on top of, as well as what it looks looks like a hundred more off in the distance. You can see X-Wings and TIE Fighters flying past as well, so the battle is in full motion. Yeah, so this shot is just like, fuck me. This movie's going in some weird territory. <laughs> I, I can't get over it. you got damn horses riding on top of these Star Destroyer. And then in the distance, it just looks like there's hey, so many. Like, there could be hundreds of these things. There's just so many yeah. off in the distance. It's crazy. And then you see uh, TIE Fighters flying overhead, X-Wings chasing them. It's like, this movie is just, just feels like it's going to have all the action scenes that everyone's ever dreamed of. You know, like lightsaber battles, yes. Uh, space battles, yes. Horse riding atop Star Destroyers, yes. Like, <laughs> you've got it all, everyone. <laughs> you can't. It's the like J.J. Abrams has gone to a builder bear and he's just stuffing all the good parts into like this one almost exploding bear skin. And you're just going to get all the good parts exploded out of it. I hope so. Well, I really hope that this movie just does like a full scale. Like, as I said before, I know we kind of got it in Rogue One, but I want like the end of Rogue One, but bigger, you know? And this movie certainly teases it with the amount of ships that we see, like pulling up, facing one another and whatever. More of the main characters directly interacting with that battle. Yes. Well, I'll say I, I would put a money now without even thinking about it, I would put money on the fact that whatever the way the movie ends, the finale, which, you know, this shot here of the Star Destroyers and stuff, this could be like towards the, the final act. However it plays out, you're going to have a bunch of characters like Poe in an X-Wing probably. You're going to have like Finn and Janna and all these other people doing another thing. And then Ray is going to be off somewhere else by herself by the end of the movie. She's very much like Return of the Jedi. Kylo. Yeah, with Kylo, yeah. But it's, it's still much, very much like Return of the Jedi. You're going to have 
Like eventually Ray is going to split off and she's going to have to deal with her story with Kylo and Palpatine probably and whatever else. I, I feel like that's a pretty safe mm-hmm. bet at this yep. stage. And and, and again, I, if, that, if that's what happens, I don't want to hear people be like, oh, they ripped off Return of the Jedi. It's just what makes sense. You know, like it's just some things are <laughs> unavoidable. This movie's not a rip off of Return of the Jedi. Look at this. There's fucking horses. Don't <laughs> 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 fucking Star Destroyers. <laughs> it's not Return of the Jedi. Uh, the final moment of the trailer, trailer semi-reveals what we can safely assume is Palpatine strapped into some sort of mechanical object, which is moving him towards Ray, who is looking up with some fear. There is cracked ice-looking ground around her, which would lead me to believe this is taking place at the ice structure we see earlier in the trailer, but also you can link this back to the original trailer where we see Kylo stepping across the ice with his TIE fighter in the background. Uh, yeah, so she's standing atop all this cracked ice-looking stuff. You can in the background, it appears like there's a huge drop-off cliff, like like it's kind of the ground's already sort of disappeared around. And Palpatine definitely, if this is him, which we're going to say it is for sake of argument, definitely appears like he's in some sort of machine with legs. Like the first time I watched the trailer, I thought the camera was like zooming in, but I watched it in slow motion. The camera doesn't move; it's him moving. Like yeah. he's moving forward, not the camera. So, um, and she's obviously doesn't look too happy about whatever she's seeing. I do want to shout out one thing I saw on Twitter before uh, recording though, which is someone else was like, imagine if it's not Palpatine that she's seeing there. It's it, the, the thing that she's looking at in that, under that hood is evil Ray. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know how we get there, but that's interesting. Like <laughs> I was like, it's an interesting theory you're chucking out there. Uh, yeah. So what, what, what do we, what do we think of this shot, Ash? I mean, it's cool. I don't know. It just depends on who. I mean, it kind of looks like a Dalek. Um, so, you know, <laughs> true crossover. It would be a already da- well, Doctor Who already did it with Star Trek, so sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Can't mix this. Cross the it's strings. cool. More ice, I guess. It can't be that cold if she's still wearing like a normal clothes. I don't think she thinks, oh, fight Palpatine might be a bit cold. Might chuck a jumper on. Palps, can you, Palps Prize, can you just hold up just a sec? I yeah. need to run back and grab a hoodie yeah. from the car. Yeah. Uh, give, me, give me a sec, eh? Just, just give me a sec. I think they don't have a bunch of capes inside the Millennium Falcon. You can borrow one. Who says she rode here on the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, I guess. She's actually. Jeez. Come on. Presuming her aircraft capabilities? Gosh. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this shot, Karen? Um, I think these shots kind of tie up a lot of the theories about... Um, the Empire having a dormant kind of factor to itself where they had stored a whole heap of these ships and a whole heap of men and the Emperor and the Emperor and stuff. Um, so I think I think this is the middle of the movie. I think this is yeah, this is I'm really interested. I really like where this is going and where this has been. Yeah, if if it is like the whole like oh the Emperor and like thousand freaking Star Destroyers are out in the outer regions of space and have been like sitting there dormant for this long. My biggest question is honestly going to be a lot of the authors of both the comic books and books over the last, what, six years at this point? Because even going all the way back to the Aftermath, which was the first new trilogy, new Disney era Star Wars thing, straight away in that book, they start hinting at this stuff. It's like, what happens after post-episode six? And they start being like, a bunch of the Empire just disappears into the outer regions a whole heap of star destroyers go out there and they did that in that trilogy and then none of that's come into effect or even mattered 
And like, if it turns out that that's important and that's what plays into this, then my biggest question is going to be for those authors like Chuck, Chuck Wendig and stuff and be like, what did Disney tell you? Was they just like, we need you to send ships off into space, uh, out of region of space, and that's all we can tell you. Because there's no way they these authors actually know what's going hap- yeah. to happen. Yeah. They would have just been told like, this is what you got to do and right. no, don't ask questions. Yeah. Like <laughs> no. maybe I need, like we need your book to contain this information, please. Yes. Thank you. Ash, Especially when you consider say? that Kathleen Kennedy told both JJ and uh, Ryan Johnson to just do whatever. There was no set plan of where to go. So assuming at Force Awakens time, they're telling them to put ships away from, major places so yeah i i i, I don't buy i don't buy into the they had absolutely zero plan i know that's what everyone likes to believe i think they had a rough possibility of where they wanted to go like like flimsy this and then it's like oh if ryan with his film changes this then we'll just like kind of restructure this part or whatever as long as we end up at like they had like an a to e to z i I feel like, cause even JJ in interviews, like he's got asked about the whole Ryan Johnson thing and be like, Oh, did Ryan Johnson fuck all your plans and all this stuff? He's like, no, like I had to adapt some stuff, but overall I still get to tell the story. I probably would have told. There's gotta be, I would, I would like to think that they had a, this is where we start and this is where we finish. You guys get there. I don't care how you do it. Just get there. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be hard for me to believe that they had absolutely zero plan. If what we're saying is, gonna happen and it is just all these dormant ships because i'll be like they've literally had this in these fucking books from back around the force awakens time so even if you want to be like oh the movies like ryan johnson yeah sure ryan johnson got to play in his own playground a bit or whatever but i'm like behind the scenes they've still been since day dot if this turns out to be true planning there's always got to be somebody (laughs) from you know the star wars department of disney that is somewhat steering this story that is like has their their idea of what their story is and is steering it along to it. Yeah, well, that's why everyone... Oh, I don't want it to happen, of course, but this is why everyone keeps being like, oh, send freaking... Um, oh, what's his face from Marvel over to Star Wars? He'll, he'll fix... Kevin Feige. Uh, what? Kevin Feige. Star Wars needs a, a Kevin Feige and all this sort of stuff. So, uh, One last shot is a close-up of Rey in an undetermined location with her lightsaber ignited and we can hear Luke say, quote, the Force will be with you, followed by Leia finishing with always. Ray's face looks like she's actually hearing this at the time and it's not just out of context for the trailer. Well, so it seemed to me. Like, it definitely felt like like she had, like, a sort of, like, she's, like, about to do battle or something. You know what I mean? Like, and she's hearing Luke yeah. and Leia. Maybe they're Force Ghosts yeah. and they're, like, literally talking to her or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Of course, we don't, We never see Luke in any of the trailers. We do hear him with Leia. I, th- I love how they have Leia finish the trailer by saying always. I think that's, like, now hashtag iconic moment, so. Yes. Yeah, seeing people, I've seen people online very happy that she said it, and now that always is a Star Wars thing, not a Harry Potter thing. Yeah, we can have it as both, you know. Like, <laughs> as someone who owns a shirt with Snape on it, this is always, we can have both. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think this shot is like lit perfectly. Like seeing the, the reflection of the light blade. In her eye. Yeah. In her eye. Yeah, mm. that's cool. Yes, it looks really cool. Um. Yeah, and that's, that is the Star Wars, the final trailer that we're going to get for... So th- Thank this you for movie. joining us for Alderaan Explosion this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, so we are going to, uh, unless anyone has any final thoughts on the trailer, that means... No, I'm good. Okay. No. Um, we are... I'm, I, it's the last trailer, though. We're never going to get a Star Wars trailer again. Yes, no, we will. Fuck off, actually. 
No, it's Skywalker. Well, the last of the Skywalker saga, you very much say. Yeah, we're going to get more Star Wars. We got Star Wars TV shows. We got Star Wars. Actually, here's a question to put us in a tangent for ten minutes. How does (laughs) the the quote unquote title "Rise of Skywalker" fit into anything we've just watched? Uh, The redemption of Ben Solo. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because whenever people are like, how are these movies even Skywalker saga? Like, Ray's not even a Skywalker. Yep, but Ben is. Is she though? Isn't she though? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> She's a Palpatine, confirmed. Um, <laughs> all right, so Maybe. let's talk about new, a, a new hope. So um, I don't have too much to discuss. I cut some of my notes and stuff from whatever for it, and I didn't try and come up with some like key discussion point this week, obviously, because... As I predicted, the trailer discussion kind of was the majority of the show. But either way. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message from a princess. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's beautiful. Star Wars, starring Mark Hamill. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Harrison Ford. Boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're going to have company! I think we took a wrong turn. Carrie Fisher. When was the last time you watched A New Hope and how do you feel about it with the most recent watch? Ashley Hobley. Uh, two years ago when we did this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I liked it more this time. Mostly really? because I didn't watch it directly after Rogue One. Which I felt oh. Really? Helped. That's the opposite effect. I always wish I watched this directly after Rogue One. No. I Yeah. Because I just feel like the pacing and everything is so different, and obviously it looks way older than Rogue One. That it just—it's a little bit jarring. Um, I think, yeah, I think I liked it more this time. Maybe I was just focusing more, and I wasn't in such a rush. Because uh, I'm pretty sure last time it was like I was trying to squeeze it in right before we were to go there to oh, record. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I—I I still have issues with the pacing. I think at times it's like super slow, and then. Just noticing that they're basically like three locations in the entire film. Yep. Yeah. That's we the 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 Death Star and then yeah yeah that's it. So, but yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. It's it's the groundwork of everything. Interesting. Also seeing Obi Wan and probably paying more attention to his lines and that kind of thing with the thought as to how that's going to fit into the Obi Wan movie. He pretty yeah. much doesn't recognize R2-D2. Also, uh, he says. They can, I think they can retcon it and just have him, like... Hmm. Or, or, like, the the fact he... I, see, I thought about this watching it, too, and I was like... The fact, like, it's so long ago. Like, he went through so much shit, you know, and people... Maybe that's go, what like, happens in Obi-Wan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to get hung up on him forgetting Anakin's droid. You know what I mean? Does like, he ever... Does... does um. I can't remember. Does he ever actually say R two D two with him around? Like, and does like because I think I don't think I think if he heard the name, he would realize it. I just think it's a a thing for him that you know you've been in exile for so long. What what's the fucking chance that this random fucking droid could be here again? Yeah, it's, like it, after- it doesn't bother me really. Yeah, no, like, I don't think it bothers me too much. And, like, then, and then he says, "I haven't heard that name since before you were born." Uh, Obi Wan, yeah, yeah. Well, true. Lying to him, it's, it's it's true as far as we know, though, right? 
No one. It was really. It was. Uh, no really one has called him Obi Wan after after Luke was born. We'll find out. We will find out in the like, Obi Wan TV show. They didn't. Okay. And this in Rebels, what? he's. I think in Rebels, he's only called Ben. Yeah. They only call him Ben. Um, that's one of the things that Obi Wan. Nobody called him Obi Wan after Luke was literally born. What? Yeah. Well, even no, well, well, no, no, he hasn't, he hasn't give, give heard him some anybody. fucking leeway. He, no, no, no. He hasn't heard anybody call him that. In the fight against Obi Wan and with Obi Wan and Anakin at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it was really fucking loud. Like he was like, <laughs> I can't hear what you're saying. Like he hasn't heard anybody say it in a very long time. I think technically he's wrong because it's like Yoda after Luke is born says like Obi Wan go mission to protect child you do you know whatever so sure he's probably technically alone but at the same time it's like what yoda called him his name once before he fucked off to tantawine so he's give him some freaking leeway i'm pretty leeway, sure the, the events of obi-wan are going <laughs> to i also i don't think anyone on that planet once he gets there which is pretty much straight after luke is born has called nobody him knows. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nobody I knows that he's Obi-Wan. I think first episode of the Obi-Wan TV series, they will explain the whole Ben Kenobi thing. And even if they don't explain it, or like just set up the fact that like he starts using that name pretty quickly. I don't need him flicking for a dictionary like, Ben? Ken? Hmm. I'll go Ben Kenobi, you know, like... Yeah. Like I'll, I'll start using a different name. I don't, I don't need a big explanation for it. No, no, no. He's going to walk up to somebody at a kiosk of some kind and then he's going to be like, what's your surname? And he's going to be like, Kenobi. And they're like, and your first name? And he'll just be like, uh, I don't. And then the kiosk person makes it up for him and calls yeah. him Ben. How about Ben? Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah. How about yeah, Solo yeah. Kenobi? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> how, about lo- lo- how about Lonely Kenobi? <laughs> nah. Yeah. It's looking a bit simpler. Ben? Yeah, all right, then. Uh, Kieran, when was the last time you watched it? How do you feel about this? Uh, watch? Yeah, probably would have been two years ago when we did this podcast last. I think. I've definitely. Yeah, no, I think this is the, one, the only one of the. Tr- the old trilogy, like the original trilogy that I just haven't seen again since. Yeah. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you feel um, about this? Watch? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think it always surprises me how quote unquote simple this movie is. Mm. Like just how like just bog standard and basic the story of this movie is compared to when you think about Star Wars as a whole now is just so, um, it's just so robust and so almost complex. There's all these Easter eggs. There's all these names that you have connections with or you understand. But this this small little movie is just self-contained and just like the smallest drop in the ocean. And it's it's really interesting to watch. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like 1977, lot lower budget. No one thinks this movie is going to be a success. Um, yeah. It's, it really is like one of the only movies in like kind of history that you can like point to and be like, yes, this is a very iconic movie and at the time they had no idea that what they was doing was yeah, going to be so into, special yeah <laughs> it's something that's been made for an audience to get involved with and to enter, enter and there's no other star wars location where you can see a stormtrooper knock his head into a doorway yeah <laughs> it's still so good and i've what every since somebody pointed it out to me I've loved that moment in the I love how they didn't, they didn't remove it, but they add in like the Jabba scene and the special edition and yes. all this sort of stuff. But they still yep. just leave the freaking head knocking. But you know, yep. fair enough. Uh, all right. So my short notes. Uh, oh, well, last time I watched this was probably. Yeah, I hadn't watched this since 
two years ago either. And um, Star Wars, I enjoyed it. I watch, I watch it every time I enjoy it. It's Star Wars. There's my feelings. Uh, my notes. First thing I write down. Vader is so pissed at the start, it's still funny, which I think plays into what Cameron was going to, uh, you know, was talking about with Rogue One last week about how funny it is. I love this. I love how fucking angry he is. And because I think, I think I say this every, like I said this last time we watched this after Rogue One, is that it's just, when you originally watched this, it was just come off as- it's weird acting choice. Weird, slightly weird acting. This guy is obviously the evil guy. He's very angry. I can't connect to this or understand why he's so angry. Yeah. And then you see the end of Rogue One where the little dickhead rebels literally <laughs> flip him the bird as they drive away with his fucking Death Star yeah. plans. <laughs> and then he's like, what? what? And then, then they have the, the freaking the arrogance to say, no, there's yeah. no Death Star plans. We're yeah. a diplomatic ship. You're yeah. like, I just saw you fuckers at a fucking <laughs> battlefield, you fucking idiots. That's <laughs> 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 so funny. So when Princess Leia shows up and he's like, She's like, we're on a diplomatic mission to Alder. I know what you're doing. He's like, you're a fucking rebel, a liar, and I've caught you. Fuck off. <laughs> Even that first guy, he like chokes out. He's like, we're on a diplomatic mission. You can't do this. He's like, just chokes him out. He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I just fucking saw you leave. Yeah. Literally saw you leave right in front of me. Yeah, it's like one of the best things that Rogue One does is just make all everything that happens at the this movie makes so much sense it's great love it um next thing i wrote down was i'm looking forward to seeing more jawas in the the mandalorian jawas when i was a kid were like my favorite thing just because i loved hearing them go for whatever reason when i was watching the movie as a kid um i had like a toy for them and everything like that i had a toy of their um uh their vehicle thing i don't know the name of it off the top of my head sorry um the thing they put all the droids in and stuff. I had the, uh, the toys there as a kid and stuff. So I, I, I always had a thing for Jawas. Uh, and watching the movie, I was just like, oh, we're getting Jawas in. I was in EB Games over there, and luckily I'm trying to be better with my money because they had some Black Series in there. And I wanted to buy them all. And one of the Black Series they had was the, the one they put out for the Mandalorian. It's just called Off-World Jawa. I'm like, oh, I want it. don't want it though. It's $40. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> adult toys are expensive. Oh. Um, yeah, so look at the Jawas. Yeah, well, that's true as well. Uh, next thing I wrote down is, I can't picture Joel Edgerton playing Uncle Owen as tough as he appears in this movie with, on Luke. Um, and presuming that we will probably see, and there have been like hints at Joel Edgerton returning, or like people are hoping he'll return for that role in the Obi-Wan series, obviously. I really cannot picture him being as like as tough on Luke. In this movie, Like Uncle Owen is like, A dick. Luke, get fucked. Like, you're not going to see your friends. You're staying here, help me on the farm, blah, blah, blah. And he's obviously like super protective of him. Um, and I just struggle to see Joel Edgerton playing him like that. Well, mean, he's got to be likable. Joel, when I, from watching Revenge so recently, Joel Edgerton just feels, um, I don't, I can't think of a better word. He feels a bit soft. Yeah. In just the, in, in general, that. like, pardon? In that he's like, you're so young though. Like he's supposed to be like, yeah, 20, yeah he's 20s, so probably. young, but like, He's like just his look in general is very soft and yeah, it's just it it makes it hard to see where this is going. I don't know. I think like, you need to watch anything he's been doing in the last five years. <laughs> and you might change your mind. Joel. Probably. Like I could see him playing the arsehole, I guess, but I just like I don't want to see him because I feel like if you want to have Joel Edgerton play, I just I feel like Uncle Owen, if he's going to show up in the series, should be somewhat likable. Whereas I feel like Uncle Owen in this movie just isn't likable at all. Like he comes across as just a grumpy old man. You know what I mean? 
Like, I, f- I feel like he should come across tough but l- likable at the same time, you know? Just tone it down a little bit, potentially, if that's if they're going to have him be in the Obi-Wan series. Uh, I, next thing I write down was I kind of laugh every time Luke just goes from, oh, I got to do chores, sorry, Ben, to processing the death of his only family and then being like, oh, yep, yeah, I want to be a Jedi now, a thing I didn't know existed until 30 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> it's still one of the weirdest, like, processing of, like, everything. Yeah, like, yeah, I really want to get off this planet. Obi-Wan's like, hey, do you want to come old right? Oh, I got to do chores. Goes back thing, sees parents, oh, his only family members, uncle and aunt burnt to a fucking crisp skeleton laying in front of his house. The most, his entire the most graphic F yes. shot in the entire series. Yes. And the, the reason that shot's the most long, graphic, I think I- By a long way. I think I mentioned it last time is that George Lucas was, um, when he was making this, was this movie was like kind of, playing off the Vietnam War. So um, that's like where the, the graphic imagery for that was inspired from. I thought it was a movie for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say <laughs> that A New Hope isn't something that I would describe as emotionally deep. Like, there's nothing in this movie that is really a deep look at a character's emotions at any time. No, I don't think so no. either. It's very much just like fantasy wizard, let's run off, have fun. And this scene in particular of Luke just shows that because it's like he literally doesn't process anything and he's like, oh, yeah, I want to be a space wizard Jedi, is it? What's that do? Cool, let's go. Like, whatever. And then later in the movie, <laughs> you're like, hey, 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 Luke, just so you know, your family died a while ago, like pretty pretty recently. Yeah. Like, like and it's just like just the, to- the whole time frame for this movie just kind of feels like it's, a couple of days like it's literally it feels just like, like it's two hours <laughs> yeah it's just very quick and very and it like there's no time for him to process anything I, w- I was waiting for him to you know midway through empire strikes back he has an emotional breakdown just all of a sudden it just all hits him he cries oh my god it's okay my entire family is dead yeah yeah don't time any time Time pro- uh, progresses, I believe, in the movie is A, obviously there's the one night you see Luke go to sleep and then the next morning mm-hmm. heads off to find R2-D2. So that's one night slept. And then the only other time I think any night progresses is you could say that like maybe a night or maybe even two nights, like the travel it took from uh, Tatooine to Alderaan. I don't know how long that takes, space yeah, travel no, time. The thing, for, the thing for me always comes across as the only time jump is in Yavin, there has to be a time jump, right? No, there's, like, no, t- there's no time jump there. Once they get off no, the, de- get off the star, ship, they, and then they get yeah. given a medal. Well, no. <laughs> oh, you mean like, oh, uh, you mean after the fight? I thought yeah. you meant like after they get off the Death Star and then they go to Yavin. Oh, so you no, mean after, after they get off the Death Star the first time and they find the Rebel Alliance and everything. Oh, no, I don't reckon there's any time jump there. Like, they, they get off the Millennium Falcon, they head off to Yavin. As soon as they land... They're pretty much jumping into X wings. They're pretty much jumping into that meeting, jumping into X wings, and then heading off again because the Death Stars follow them there. You know, because they've got a tracker on it. There's no time for to fuck around. If they've got a tracker tracker on the Falcon, then the Death Stars only, you know, just behind them, following them, basically. And I think you know how did uh, I'll, I'll mention that later. I'll mention that later. That's fine. Let's carry on. Let's carry on. Let's let's kind of move on. Um, next thing I write down was watching the older Anik sequence. All I hear is the theme song for this podcast now. Um, all the fucking audio cues I've ripped. You probably don't listen back, so you don't know. But every time I edit the show, I have to listen to the theme song, and all I hear is the "Tell me the system" and fucking um, Leia being like, "No, Alderaan, Alderaan." Yeah. 
fucking get pumped. And then last thing yeah. I wrote, <laughs> Can I just say before uh, watching this back again, Jabba looks terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. We went over it heaps the first time, so I didn't want to bring it up again. But I was like, yeah, yeah. it looks just the, just the to one remind part, people. Just. Well, it's it's so stupid. I don't know why they did it. It's because at the time they filmed Jabba as a human person. And it's just so weird because even like Han turns around and says like, you're such a good human being, Jabba. Like, because it was played by a human actor and then they never used, it was a deleted scene from the original movie. And then for the special editions, uh, which we're all watching, the, the only versions you can actually buy anymore unless you go track Find down like, the, um, yeah. OG ones. When they made all these versions, they obviously, Lucas put that scene back in, um, except for he digitally put in the way we know Jabba the Hutt now as this big slug, slug creature, not a mm. human gangster person, which he was in the, the original shooting of the, the scene. Um, and that's why they have the whole thing like where Han walks behind him. They're like, oh, how do we solve this? We'll just have Jabba react like, oh, like he's been trodden on and everything. It's so weird. <laughs> and it's just, and then also I really do dislike all the random CG that got added into the actual city for Tatooine and stuff. Like oh, just all the, the stormtroopers background on, shit. Yeah, stormtroopers like, riding creatures and stuff. In yeah, the yeah. It's it's, it's a little bit overboard with the stuff that's added in. It's it's funny because I f- I feel like some of the stuff he's like added and changes and like they updates to the lightsabers look like a little bit better. Like there's slight stuff you could do that I'd be like, yeah, cool, whatever. But then yeah, it's like some of this other stuff. I'm like, why? Just don't. It's just not necessary. But uh, last thing I wrote down was sorry, but I gotta say it. People complain about race powers, but this nerd. Found out the force was a thing an hour ago, and he lands an impossible shot. And people, people mad Ray can use a lightsaber when she uses a stick to fight. Get out of my life! I it's mean, he ridiculous. Was, he was a pilot, though. He piloted things. Oh, but he I didn't... fucking shot pump womp rats but on my fucking he... two two yeah. twenty two twenty four. Get out but of what here! What did he pilot? Like, what did he pilot? Like, it was like this. Like the thing that bothers me oh, is I'm just equipment. that. Yeah. Like, how did he? get this good at flying this freaking X-Wing without saying, now this is pod racing. Yeah. Like, how did he get the ability to do so without making it into pod racing? It's definitely like, not his father's son. Maybe he could have been like, now this is farming. Like, he could have... <laughs> you- I mean, he lived on Tatooine. There is a chance that he was involved in pod racing. You know, this not is that we what know. we need to know. Yeah, but he, just, just- he just held it down. I know people don't like to hear it. I know people don't like to hear it, and the excuse is always like, yeah, but Luke's like the son of Darth Vader. That's why he's so strong in the Force. Rey's not the son of Darth Vader, so like that's why she should be strong in the Force. Blah, 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 blah. But this movie's fucking way ridiculous. Like, Luke does more, learns to use the Force faster in this movie than Rey does anything in The Force Awakens, as far as I'm concerned. And people get so hung up on it. Like, he's literally been a, like, he's known about The Force for like a little while, but he's already competent in it like yeah at least ray knew about the fucking force and jedi and stuff like she like heard of them as rumors and whatever in force awakens in this looks like the jedi who what force son what father lightsaber oh stokey stick the shooty bang bang x-wing bang bang one in a million shot trust the force good on you obi-wan um yeah it's just like it's hard well, i mean watch. maybe obi-wan did it did what yeah, force ghost he no, he did take control of the fucking. No, he did. That's not how it works. It, he moved. It's not how the force Kylo, works, man. Kylo, stop that blaster. It's not how the fucking force works. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, I do. It lives and fro- flows through me. Does it though? Yes. That's Does literally it's literally how the force works. How many um, midi chlorians do you have? 99, 9,999. It's over nine thousand. 
Um, any last comments about New Hope before we move on the ranking? Because yeah, honestly, I don't have much. I've watched this movie a billion times, and I feel like there's the least to discuss about it because, as Kieran was saying before, it's not like really deep when it comes to like character motivation and moments and sort of stuff. Like it, it, it's very good movie, iconic, one of the greatest movies like, of all time. But yeah, it's just like there's a lot of stuff. Like Ben Kenobi's death is kind of semi-meaningless in this movie because way, since you brought that up i don't want to say no because you know how i was saying that uh saying about the theory that they could actually have vader fight obi-wan in the series and it would fit in Rewatching this scene i'm still watching it i'm like it would fit like darth vader literally says last time we met I, you was the master i was a teacher um, i was a whatever student. student blah 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 they could not have them they can still have them fight one more time I'm saying they should ha- they can and they should have them fight. They should have Hayden Christensen come in as Vader and do the fight in Obi Wan series, and it would fit perfectly into canon as far as I'm concerned. Rewatching this, scene. I think perfectly. you can not get him to do it. I want Hayden to do it though. <laughs> what? But he's it's just like going to be in the mask the entire time. Yeah, well, oh, but you'll have stuntmen do the actual fighting. I just want a kind of like semi like rebels. You want the same fight. thing as rebels where yeah. he's. Mask yes. breaks and you see yes. him under it. I want some of that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. CGI just, in. just deep fake that. Yeah, yeah no, fake I, I want him actually there because I think Hayden deserves it. Like he cops so much shit, but I think he deserves it. Anyway, that's continue. What else did you have? Okay. Uh, yeah. That was just that, you know, Luke's reaction to Ben Kenobi's death in this is kind of like. Uh, it's at the same It's like. There's more of a reaction than when he saw his. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, it's just the difference in, oh, yeah, your family died compared to, oh, this random elderly man that you met a couple hours ago is now dead. Yeah. No! (laughs) It's my best mate. Disappeared into air. Yeah. Yeah. Still one of the greatest lines. Does anybody die that way in Star Wars? Uh, Yeah. Luke does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Luke does. Yeah, Obi Obi like um, no, Obi Qui Gon's like the only one that they didn't like. Like he he goes down, but then he still turns into a false ghost, which is like. But then after they're like, oh, people that turn into false ghosts, blah blah. blah. Also, you never see Vader's body like in his final moments. Like like he, Vader's body's mm-hmm. carried out, but then it turns into a false ghost. So it's like I don't know the, the whole like false ghost rules thing. It's like they're very like some Obi Wan disappears, but other people their bodies. Mm-hmm disappear later and they still turn into force ghost so yeah it's like whatever don't really know anything else in the trash compactor was this space yeah. underneath Ugh. it what do you mean where the monster lived like there was space what, underneath you... where it was getting compacted so you're saying they should dove under the water yeah no i'm gonna say there wasn't space i'm gonna say that the walls the... would have come all the way in the trash compactor scene as it is was already a bad scene but the Family Guy cartoons of this have ruined the scene even more for me. Because I just imagine Brian and Peter Griffin finding a couch while they're in this crash compactor. Like, just every time now. It's just, it's just, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's gone, it's gone its course now because yeah. of that. Yeah. Any, anything else, anyone? No, nothing else brings to mind. All right. Well, there you go. The final question, of course, that we'll have every week. Where are Except, we? Well, not every week. We didn't last week. We didn't last week for no. We did last week. We did break one. You mean Rebels? Whenever the Rebels won, we yeah. That was a week before. <laughs> Look, it's all blended into one <laughs> fucking 
dreadful experience. So, K- Kieran, <laughs> do you say this was a dreadful um, experience? <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, not great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, put Where this d- in the number seven spot. Thanks for me, please. Mm. Whack Rogue One and Revenge of the Sith before this one. All right. So, so you move those two up. Number seven. A new hope. Ash. I think... Yeah, I'm going to put this at number eight. Really? You're going to put Solo before this movie? What? I don't. I just. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I just remembered that you put Solo before Revenge of the Sith as well. Ash, you're a terrible human being. Thanks. So I am placing it at position number seven and moving episode three and Rogue One up in front of it. So now to to go over our things, Kieran's got episode two, episode one, Solo. I don't know why I say, I wrote episodes, but then I've not wrote A New Hope, so I should probably fix that. Kieran's got (laughs) Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, Solo, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One. Ash has Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Solo, Rogue One. I have Attack of the Clones, Solo, Phantom Menace, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, and then Rogue One. Now, last week I teased that this would probably end up at a weird spot and Kieran like started freaking out. Is that not where you thought I was going to place it or is that fine? Or um, I'm worried about you and these next two movies especially. I just think it could have got... I think I'm more disappointed in Ash here. I was about to say, because you've put episode three above it as well as me, so you can't say shit. Yeah, no, me and you are (laughs) are on the same page here. I'm disappointed in Ashley as a human being right now and having Solo as high up as it is. It's so funny because I've Solo at ninth, you have it at eighth, and Ash has it at sixth all the way up there so far. Well, second on the current list, like... (laughs) <laughs> like the second best Star Wars movie we've so watched far. so far for Ash yeah. is is solo, is solo. Like, come on. Pick a real fight over here. Um, that's it for this week's episode of Older Explosion. Next week, we'll be discussing Empire Strikes Back. So make sure you watch the movie before then, of course. Please share the show on social media and tag at ExplosionPod if you're enjoying it. Tell your friends and rate it on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Older Explosion is a Darth production of ExplosionNetwork.com, which you can also find. What do you want to watch on our fortnightly movie and TV podcast, which you should check out if you like movies and TV, which is probably related since Star Wars is primarily movies and TV. Follow me on Twitter at VivaLadil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. You can follow Kieran on Twitter at BoyRingo. You can follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. And may the force be with you always.